Well, I mean, speaking about time, isn't this life a time to prepare to meet God? Yes. Okay, that was a bad transition, but... <laughs> <laughs> that didn't have anything to do with... Well, I guess it it does have... How do you prepare to meet God? Okay, so... See, that's uh, that was where to, you were going. Yeah, that's that. where I was okay. going with it. Good, but. good job. I tried. Well done. So, um, <laughs> um, the way that you prepare to meet God, we're, today we're going to talk about repentance, right? That's right. our topic. That's our topic today. I mean, it comes right after last episode where we talked about faith. Faith. We kind of yeah. wanted to go in order a little bit. In order, okay, so let's start here with why um, repentance, what's so important about repentance? So, you know, why are we talking about it? You know, we talked about faith last week, and now we're talking about repentance. Why? What's what's the big deal? And I think that this is a little bit of a, a silly question because most people know, we, you know, why repentance is so important. But let's just start there. Okay. So, to you, why is repentance so important? Well, obviously, we are fallen man, and yeah. if we are going to return back to live with God again, we need to be free from imperfections and sins and yeah. and mistakes and so how we do that is is through repentance and through our savior Jesus Christ. Right. Through repentance. Well said. That's all we needed to say. This whole episode. you just you just summed up the entire episode. That's it. I think we're, we're done. done. Yeah. Okay. I think we're done. Um no, I guess maybe we'll talk for a few more minutes. Can we talk for a few minutes, you and I? I think we could manage it. Just a few. Yeah. So, let's see. I wanted to mention a couple of scriptures that illustrate the importance of repentance. Okay. Mosiah 18.20 says, Yea, even he commanded them that they should preach nothing, save it were repentance and faith on the Lord, who had redeemed his people. And then in Mosiah 25.22, And thus, notwithstanding there being many churches, they were all one church, yea, even the church of God. For there was nothing preached in all the churches except it were repentance and faith in God. They preached nothing, save it were faith and repentance. Why? Why just those two things? Aren't there are a lot of other things that we need to talk about and need to know about? I mean, certainly, I, I assume that the, this might be a little bit of an exaggeration as far as like, it wasn't like, well, I don't know, maybe that's all they talked about in their church meetings. At least it was the main priority, the overarching yeah. message. Well, Joseph Smith said that in basically the core and the heart of the gospel is the atonement of Jesus Christ and everything else is an appendage to that or, you know, a, a branch off of that. You know, right. and without the atonement, there nothing else matters at all. And so the reason that, that repentance is so important is because it is the way that we apply the atonement, right? Right. So they preached nothing save it were faith and repentance because that's, we talked about the phrase after all we can do, right? That is all we can do. Right. To receive salvation. Well, I think we used both those scriptures in that blog post we posted. Probably, yeah, probably. Um, where I believe we mentioned um, that that's, that's all they taught, you know? And I believe that was the time of, of Alma yeah. when he was setting up the church and, and stuff. Yeah, and so, well, I mean, it's not the only verse. In DNC 9, or 6, verse 9, it says, Say nothing but repentance unto this generation. And in Helaman 13, 6, And nothing can save this people, save it be repentance and faith on the Lord 
Jesus Christ. So when you, we say that it, nothing can save his people except except that, that's all. That's the although that's the only thing we can do to receive salvation, faith and repentance. All right. That's it. There's nothing else we can do to to get it. So, and that's where we we mentioned that scripture in Alma 24, verse 11, where he says, since it has been all that we could do, as we were the most lost of all mankind, to repent of our sins, for it was all we could do to repent sufficiently. Repentance really is all that we can do. Um, in 3 Nephi 27, 19, and this is the last scripture I think I'll share on this particular, the importance of it. Um, this is a savior, you know, talking, and he says, no unclean thing can enter into his kingdom Therefore, nothing entereth into his rest, save it be those who have washed their garments in my blood because of their faith and the repentance of all their sins and their faithfulness unto the end. So faith and repentance are the way that we wash our blood or that we wash our our garments in his blood, the way that we apply the atonement. Right. And then that, that, that phrase right after there where it says, and their faithfulness unto the end. Yeah, that is the the, the that's enduring. The, the, that's the 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 conversion that's happened, and we're doing yeah. that out of love for Jesus Christ, as as we've talked about. We've been changed, and we've repented, and yeah. now we're doing those things. But that faithfulness unto the end, doing all the things of being faithful, is not the thing that is washing our garments. Right, and it's, it's the repent, the faith and repentance. It's the result of washing right. our garments. Exactly. Their faithfulness unto the end. There's another scripture, I can't remember where, Helaman maybe, where he says the the endurance of faith. He calls it the endurance of faith. Because we hear all about, what are the principles of the gospel? Faith. Repentance. Repentance. Baptism. baptism um, the Holy, Ghost, the Holy Ghost, Ghost. Enduring to the enduring end. Enduring to the end. And, and what it, we often think of the term enduring to the end as it, um, suffering through. Right. Right. But it's not, it doesn't mean that. It means... Um, enduring in the 1828 Webster's Dictionary, um, one of the definitions is remaining in the same state. And so it's remaining in the state of faith mm-hmm. in Jesus Christ. In that state of conversion. When that you, state of when, conversion, that's right. right. Remaining in the covenant with him. Right. So that's what enduring to the end means, staying with him, abiding with him. You know, And, and when we go away from him, when we slip up again, it's going back. Right? So... You know, we're going to make mistakes and we're going to, you know, kind of um, ebb and flow a little bit as we need to keep trying to get better. But right. but we just keep coming back to that, keep, keep coming back to that um, conversion place. Right. So if you can, I'd love to see, to read that scripture you just mentioned. So we'll try to find that one for the, the show notes, the one mm. Helaman that you yeah. just mentioned. But all these all these scriptures are on our show notes on our website, too. Yeah. Um, for people to check out. So in other words, this is one thing that I like to um, try to, to summarize uh, the gospel with, right? We talk about salvation, right? And we talked about being saved by grace before. And, and then many times I hear people talk about the necessity and the, the need to keep all of the commandments and to do all that stuff. And that that's true. Um, Jesus has commanded us to keep his commandments. So the way I kind of look at it is there's a that scripture in the Doctrine and Covenants where he says all blessings are basically all blessings are based on a law or a commandment, you know. There's a law irrevocably decreed upon um before the foundations of the world upon which all blessings are predicated. And when we receive any blessing, it is by uh obedience 
to that law upon which it is predicated. And so that basically means that any blessing we receive, we receive it because we follow the law that it's based on. And so in this case, the blessing we're looking for is salvation. Right. Right. So what are the laws upon which salvation is predicated? What are the laws that we have to follow in order to be receive the blessing of salvation? It's faith. Well, it's the laws of the gospel of Jesus Christ, right? right? So there's only two ways to receive salvation. They are, number one, be perfect. Totally right. and completely, all the time, forever, your entire life, never make any mistake ever. That's that's one option. We all failed. We are not qualified for that at all. Right. The other option, and the only option, is through Jesus Christ. Through his atonement. Through his grace. And how do we receive his grace? It's not by keeping all the commandments all the time perfectly. That falls under the other option, which we don't qualify for. The only way, and this is why he says it was all we could do, is the only thing we can do to receive the blessing of salvation through his grace is to follow the commandments of his gospel. Right. And what are those commandments? Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, repentance baptism, receiving the Holy Ghost. Those are the things we do. And the ordinances, the baptism and receiving the Holy Ghost and, and the endowment and all these other ordinances, they're one-time things, right? right? And we have to be worthy to receive them, but they're one-time things. And I suppose receiving the Holy Ghost is a continual daily thing that we do, but we do that by the first two principles, faith in Jesus Christ, repentance. So that's why repentance is so important, along with faith, they are the only two things that we can do to receive salvation. Right. That's it. So moving forward, we need to understand it. How do we understand it? What is repentance? Well, the Bible dictionary talks about repentance. I'll read kind of what it says about okay. repentance. It says the Greek word of which this is the translation denotes a change of mind, a fresh view about God, about oneself, and about the world. Since we are born into conditions of mortality, repentance comes to mean a turning of the heart and will to God, and a renunciation of sin to which we are naturally inclined. Without this, there can be no progress in the things of the soul's salvation, for all accountable persons are stained by sin and must be cleansed in order to enter the kingdom of heaven. Repentance is not optional for salvation. It is a commandment of God. Repentance is not optional for salvation. It is the only thing we can do, right. and it is necessary for salvation. I love this definition of repentance. A change of mind, a fresh view about God, about oneself, and about the world. Repentance comes to mean a turning of the heart and will to God. That's the one that really gets me. A turning. You're turning away from your sins. And you're turning to God. That's what you're doing. That's what repentance is. Well, I, I just I just love, as I've grown to understand repentance better, because I'll talk about in a minute how I've kind of misunderstood it growing up. Mm -hmm. Not of anybody's fault per se. Sure. Um, 
but I just love the word change. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, yeah. I mean, you talked about turning. I like turning, you mm-hmm. know, turning your heart. But I just, I really understand repentance now as a change. Mm-hmm. And I love how it talks about that. And, you know, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a change of mind. It's a fresh view about God, about, about yourself and about the world and, mm-hmm. and changing to become more like our Savior. I think of it in terms of desire. Right. Right. It, because so he it says it's a change of uh, change of mind, mind would be and, a change ha- of, and heart. Right, so right, it, your mind would be your thoughts and your heart would be your feelings, your desire. Right. Right. So repentance comes to mean a changing of the nature, but that's only done by by Christ and the Holy Ghost. Right. Once we have faith in him. Right. But when we want to think of it, when we want to, like, when I want to um, look at things in my life and say, have I repented of that? Have I changed? I, I look at my desires. And if they're not where I want them to be, that's what I try to kind of focus on instead of some of the other, like, little technical, um, like, going through the motions parts of it. Right. I, I try to just say, well, where are my desires? Right. And, and where do I want them to be? And, and that kind of gives me a different direction to go to try to get my desires to change. Right? Well, right. And I think with that, we kind of mentioned it in our post that we posted about grace and stuff, that mm-hmm. the enabling power of the atonement yeah. is there to enable us and help us change. Right. I think a lot of times yeah. we think that we've got to make all the changes ourselves, right. yeah. which we there is stuff we need to do, but we should be trying to do it with his power, not right. by ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Okay, so let's move forward and kind of talk about some of the, we've already kind of hinted at some of the, problems in the way that um in the way that we have understood repentance right. growing up you know a little bit uh, we've kind of mentioned a couple of them so far so what, so what were the well just me growing up not that my parents taught me incorrectly or mm-hmm. the church taught me incorrectly or anything but maybe i just understood things incorrectly and i don't know if anyone else falls into this same category but I just always viewed repentance as a bad thing. Mm-hmm. In, like in a this, punishment. In, like a punishment. And mm-hmm. in the sense that if I needed to repent, that meant I was a bad person. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's where we kind of introduce that shame. So mm-hmm. when I obviously made mistakes growing up in my life, mm-hmm. and I'm like, crap, I need to repent for this. It, it was just always this negative bad thing instead right. of now how I view it is like, I messed up. This is a wonderful thing that I have a savior that I can go to, and now I can change and become better. This is a positive and uplifting thing versus oh, I'm so bad that and I need it, to go repent. And it's, I think it's also enabling too. It's not, it's not a, a, a drudgery. It's not like, a, it's not, it doesn't have to be hard, right? Like right. in that way. So you're thinking, oh, I'm bad. I need to work really hard and change, but that doesn't really motivate change. Right. Shame doesn't really motivate change. Feeling good about yourself, that motivates change. Right. And that's why I'm why I was talking about the desire, right? Because if your desires change in your heart, right, and you really want something, then you're not fighting against your nature. And you want to change, right? You want to be different. Right. Um, you want to be better. But not because, oh, I'm so um evil and, and bad, because that really just discourages people. Right. Let's be honest. You know, when when we feel shame about, then we feel like we are bad. Like you were saying, you felt you needed to change because you were bad. Then it 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 discourages you. Did it discourage you when you would feel, when you were younger and you feel shameful about this thing? Did it did it did the shame make you feel like you could do it and like you wanted to do it, or did it make you feel like you were discouraged and like you were on your own and you had to 
shame shame is a very destructive thing and it it never breeds positivity or um, builds you up it it tears you down and so when you're feeling negative about yourself and yeah it's you're not gonna feel like you can do it and you're not gonna want to repent you're gonna be afraid of it and you're not gonna want to get help and you're not gonna want to change you're gonna kind of in the inside want to be better and want to change but not really know how to do it and not have a reason why and just keep getting stuck in the same Right. Same ruts that you're getting stuck in. Because you're not changing the mind and the heart. Right. And that's kind of our, our point here. That repentance is just a change in the mind and the heart. Now, it's interesting that you bring this up. I don't know. Like when you said mind and heart, it made me think of like broken heart, contrite spirit. Because yeah. we yeah. do talk about that right. at, at times as well. Yeah. And I know that that was a, you know the spirit, not the mind and heart. But Yeah, but it, I think the concept is the same. Right. And, and I actually was thinking about that term this last week because I I read it and Lehi talks about it, you know, that no one, basically nobody can come unto God except those who have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. Right. Nobody can be saved except those. So it's saying the same thing, right? If Lehi says no one can come unto God and be saved except those who have a broken heart and a contrite spirit. And then um, Jesus says that, that nobody can be saved except those who wash their garments in his blood through faith and repentance, then we have to assume that those two things are the same. Right. Right? The broken heart and contrite spirit means the same thing as faith and repentance. Right. I think Brad Wilcox talked about broken heart and a contrite spirit a while back, where he mentioned, you know, we hear the term broken heart and we think, well, oh, that's like sadness and sorrow and depression and like, you know, it's you're broken hearted. You, you picture almost like a destroyed person. Yeah, that's just someone who went through a breakup or something like right. that. And they're really sad and sorrowful, and and I don't think that's what that means because, like we just talked about, when you're feeling it, when you're in that state, you don't feel like you can change. You don't feel like you want to change. You don't feel hopeful. You don't feel like you you know you're able to do it, and you don't have the desire to do it either. Right. He he says, I say an open heart instead, because that's more that you're open to change. Right. You're open to God's love and his enabling power. You're open, you know, um, you're allowing it. And so, and what I say is broken heart and a contrite spirit. Contrition means, um, at least the way I have understood it, it means something like feeling genuinely bad for doing something wrong. Right. Right. And I think that that's true. Like that, that's, that is kind of what it means. But I also think that there's another element too of just sincerity. Right. Because, and we'll talk about this in just a moment. I guess we can talk about it right now. Right. One of the other problems that I always kind of came, I run into was feeling like I needed to feel bad enough. Right. In order to repent, in a sense, you're suffering for for it, right? For it first before you repent. Yeah, like like I was somehow paying back what I did wrong, right? And so it gets a little tricky because you know a contrite spirit, you know, and contrition, and you need to, yeah, you need to to feel if you've done something wrong. I think you need you do feel bad, but I think that it's only it's not for payment, right? Right? It's just because you feel sorrowful that you've offended God or that you've done something that, that would cause you to be to, to to disconnect from him. Right. It's not so that you can pay for it. And and in that way, it doesn't have to last long. Right. You 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 can recognize that it was wrong. Darn it, I really messed up here and I feel badly that I hurt a friend and that friend is God. You know, that we we genuinely care for him and we and we 
we feel bad that we've uh, done something that, that would hurt him. Right. But then you don't stay there. You don't dwell there because if you stay there, you'll never be able to change. Right. And change is what the point of repentance is. So the contrition or the contrite spirit, to me, that just means sincerity. It's desire. It comes back to desire. Right. Where is your desire? Do you have a desire to be like God and be with him and do what he wants and be what he wants? Then you have a repentant attitude. Right. You know, you're returning from your sins and saying, I don't want these things. I want to be like God. I want to be with God. Right. And I want to do and be what he wants. That's repentance. That moment of change in mind and heart and feelings. The contrition and the feeling bad. You brought up um, godly sorrow. I guess we were going to talk about it later, but this is a good place for it, right? right. What is godly sorrow? We have that one scripture, the only the only scripture that refers to godly sorrow as a phrase that I've found so far is Second Corinthians seven ten, mm-hmm. and um, Paul says to the Corinthians, he says, "For godly sorrow worketh repentance to mm-hmm. salvation, not to be repented of, but the sorrow of the world worketh death." It's go- mm-hmm. Godly sorrow has been an interesting one for me because I I'm trying to understand, like, yeah, is it different than guilt or shame? Uh-huh. Like how how like what is godly godly sorrow? Well, so like in that scripture, it differentiates between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow. Right. So to me, that that means okay, well, let's it's different than than what the world normally would think of as sorrow. Right. And so, what would we normally think of as sorrow? That's what we were talking about before, a broken heart, right? So really you're just like, yeah, depressed, right. um, despondent, or just dis- feeling despair, um, hopelessness, right. sa- sadness, and, and a godly sorrow. He says it worketh to repentance. It makes you want to repent. But I, I would say... Which means it makes you want to change. And if you're down, and yeah. you're not going to want to change. And so I would say that, that, uh, that in kind of like what we were just talking about, you feel sorrow that you've hurt God. Right. Sometimes I think we 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 skip over some steps. So like let's say if we don't feel sorrow that we hurt God when when we do something wrong, well maybe where we need to start is gaining a relationship with God. Right. Right? Because sometimes we like I I would say you know it becomes a like living the gospel sometimes can be a stressful thing because I'm not I don't have the correct mindset and 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 feeling and desire, kind of like what right. we've been talking about. So, if I have a strong relationship with God and I and I feel His love for me, then I love Him in return, and that way, the natural response to me sinning would be sorrow in the way that I'm so sorry I hurt my friend. Right. I'm so sorry I hurt this this being who loves me so much and who I love so much. So uh, what I would say is if we don't feel that way, that should be our aim. Right. That should be our goal first is I, to get that kind of relationship. That, that's that's a really good point. And I'm glad, glad you brought it, brought it up because I'm just thinking about, you know, in my relationship with my girlfriend, like mm-hmm. I never want to do anything to hurt her. Like yeah. I have a relationship with her yeah. to the point that like there have been times where I've maybe made her sad and I don't like that right. feeling. And I don't want her to feel sad. And I'm always very apologetic and, mm-hmm. and want to fix what's going on. And 
have that emotional and mm-hmm. connection with her and bond with her. And then as you're explaining that whole thing with God, now I'm starting to wonder like, how good is my relationship with right. my heavenly father? Like yeah. if it was stronger, I would probably be feeling similar feelings, if not stronger feelings right. with God to where now it's like, well, I don't want to do anything to offend him. But if my relationship with him isn't real, right? if it's superficial and I just get on my knees and my prayers, you know, don't even make it to the ceiling yeah, and I, I'm not really trying every day to strengthen my relationship with him, then right. of course I'm not going to feel godly right. sorrow. And uh, yeah, a great analogy um, because we can, usually most of us can think of one, at least just one person that we have a that we love in this life right. that we can think of and, and what happens when we hurt them and how we feel like our goal, I think to start should be developing that relationship with God right. before we're worrying about all these other little aspects of the gospel. The The first principle of the gospel is faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I think before that, the first article of faith is we believe in God, the eternal father and in his son, Jesus Christ and in the Holy ghost. It, it we have to, come to a place where we totally believe in God. Right. And that not that, only just believe in him, but right. have a relationship with so him. So we start with belief in him mm-hmm. and then we continue on that same path until it becomes a, a real interaction, a real relationship. We're praying to him. We're feeling his love for us. We're therefore growing in love to him for him, you know? Right. And that is where everything else kind of, stems from then repentance is just a natural thing actually because we feel sorry that we've hurt our friend right just like quote-unquote repentance with my girlfriend is a natural thing because right i don't want to hurt her yeah. and when i see that she's hurt i quote-unquote repent you right know, I, I repair the relationship with her right right and and so that's why i think that these scriptures what they're kind of trying to tell us it's about our mind and our heart Think of it in terms of your girlfriend, or I think this is a great analogy because I think we can all really think of someone that we really love and we have a, a relationship with that we can that we can think of what happens if we hurt them, even if we haven't ever hurt them. Let's say you just pretend that you had. How would you feel? Right. And and then what would you want to do? And and it would be that I want to change. Right. Because I want to make them happy, and it would just be a change of mind and heart and. And and what like how much of the time there would we be feeling like I need to feel really bad about this for a long time, right? Right? I don't know. Maybe we would kind of punish ourselves and stuff. But like, well, I mean, and just even with my 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 personal experience with with my girlfriend, she mm-hmm. is usually very forgiving, yeah. all, like almost always, and she just tells me to not beat myself up over yeah. something. And and think of well, if she can be so loving to me. How much more is my heavenly right. Father loving to me to forgive me? Well, let's let's look. At, we were going to bring up one of these scriptures, I think, later toward the end, maybe. But this is we don't often think of in terms of the hopefulness of the of the repentance, but it's so hopeful. I mean, listen to this one, Mosiah 26, 29 through 30. And he, he says um, something, uh, he repenteth in the sincerity of his heart. And in 30, he says, and as often as my people will, um, people repent, will I forgive them their trespasses against me? As often. As often. As often. Not, not one time, two times, yeah. maybe three times. Every time, every time you repent, every in the sincerity of your heart, right? right. And that's what we're that's why we're talking about the sincerity. It's all about the change of mind and heart, mind and desire, right? Right. 
So with your girlfriend, oh, if you if you hurt her in some way, you want to change in your mind. Oh no, I need to. Something needs to change. You have a recognition in your mind something was wrong that I did, and in your heart you have a desire to 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 make things different. You have a desire to please her, to make her happy, to you know. You feel that desire to to uh, do things that make her happy, right? And to avoid doing things that make her not happy, right? Right? You know, and, and make her and hurt her, you know. So it's the same type of idea for for um, with God. And uh, sometimes we complicate, and we're talking about some of the problems that we've right experienced in in the. I have one final one I want to okay. to bring up. Uh, you talked about how you kind of feel like you need to suffer for it. Yeah. Um, the last one that will that I want to mention is just that I feel like sometimes mm-hmm. we I've understood repentance to be this very long mm-hmm. and hard mm-hmm. road. Yeah. To go down. Right. That like when you're trying to decide whether you want to repent or not, you're making the decision between. I just keep going how I'm going right now and it's easier mm-hmm. versus like if I choose to repent, this it's is going to be, be the, the hardest, hardest thing I've yeah. ever done. Yeah. It's going to be very painful. Yeah. It's going to be, I'm going to be down. I'm going to be broken. Yeah. I'm going to be hopeless. And yeah. it's going to take a long time <laughs> for me to get back on my feet. Yeah. Okay. Like now you can make the argument if that's true that you say, look, that's just how it is. Right. That's right. how it's supposed to be. We, we, that, that's to deter us from making mistakes in the future. Right. We don't want to go through this really painful, huge ordeal, you know, but that's how we've got to, we've got to really, um, travel this, this road right. of change. But I feel like during that road or a misconceived perception of what that road is, is that you're suffering for it during that time, right? right? That you're right. paying, you're paying for your sins. Right. You're not using the atonement. You're you're paying, you're paying your own it. sins, yeah. and then Christ is like, "Okay, thanks for paying for it. Now you're good yeah. to be." Or the the idea coming coming um, tying back to grace is that you're paying for some allotted portion of it, right. right? Like, okay, well, yeah, I can't pay for all of it, but I'll pay for. I have to pay for as much as I can, right? Right. And, and yeah, it's, it comes back to that same misconception that we are paying for right. it. There's a, a, a quote by, by Elder Holland that I, I, a friend of mine posted a, a while back that I loved and, and it's, and, and speaking to this same right. topic. And he says, uh, you can change anything you want to change and you can do it very fast. That's another satanic sucker punch that it takes years and years and eons of eternity to repent. It takes exactly as long to repent as it takes you to say, I'll change and mean it. That's what we were just talking about, the sincerity. The, right. It's the change of mind and desire and mean it, right? When you change your desire, you mean it, right? right? Like There's no faking desire because that's the point of it. It's, it's what you really want. Right. If you don't really want to change, then you haven't changed your desire. But if you, if you really want to do or be something different, then your desire has changed already. Right. I got a quick scripture here. Okay. Darden Covenant is 1916. Okay. For behold, I, God, have suffered these things for all that they mm. might not suffer mm. if they would repent. That's right. 
Okay. And then the next verse, he says, but if they would not repent, they must suffer even as I. So he's clearly saying there that there is no suffering that is even necessary to take place if you repent. Right. And repentance is the the offered way out. It is the only way to escape the punishment. Right. But I feel like we think that repentance is the punishment. Right. Yeah. Which is completely... Or that it's like a lesser version of the punishment, right? Right. Like, but it, it's it's in some form a suffering. Right. And it's, and it's not at all. It doesn't have to it, be. It shouldn't be. Right. So, uh, we've talked about this a little bit, well, at length, you know, in, in the past. Um, for me, personally, I've experienced... I've experienced the kind of repentance that's painful and suffering. Right. I have. I've experienced that kind because I expected that, you know. But I've also, I've also experienced the kind that is quick and fast and easy and peaceful and relieving. Right. The one that he's talking about there when he says, I've suffered these things for all that they might not suffer if they would repent. If you just repent, you don't have to suffer. I've experienced that and it's happened quick. Right. Right. So, and, and the only difference really was my mindset was, what did I, did I believe it was going to be really hard and painful and, and, and difficult and long road of change? Then I experienced that. Right. But if I believed so fully in that change, in my heart, in the Savior's power to change me in one moment, then I didn't have to go through a long period of change. It can happen just like Elder Holland said. It can happen in one moment. It can um, take as long as it takes you to say, I'll change and mean it. You have to mean it. Yeah, of course you have to mean it, but you can do that. Right. You can do that. And another thing I would say about that is sometimes like we might have some kind of an addiction or an issue that's ongoing and we say, we'll change and we do mean it in the moment, but then we go back to it later. And so then we think, oh, we didn't mean it or we didn't really repent in the first place. We did probably. Right. We probably did mean it. It's just that, and we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about, let's tease this issue, uh, this um, episode in the future soon. We're going to talk about addic- addiction and, you know, some of our experiences with it and, and why we approach it the wrong way as a society and why that misunderstanding just perpetuates the problem and makes it worse. Right. right. And we've been, we've been talking about this for a while and, and working on this episode for yeah. a while. So it's going to be a great episode. But the, the, the premise of this idea and how it connects here is just that just, you know, if you really, really want to change and you make that your desire and you believe that you can't see, so that's what it is. Faith and repentance, right? It's a change of desire and belief. Right. It's a um, mind and heart, belief and desire. Those, those are the two things that need to change when you're repenting. And so in order to, to do that, it can be very, very fast. Right. And there's actually several scriptural references yeah. of very fast um, experiences. Yeah. Um, I know you're going to share one. I'm, I'm going to share a different one. Okay. And then you can share the one you were going to share, which is probably the most famous one um, that we, we refer to a lot. But hmm. I'm going to quickly share um, Enos's experience in the Book of Mormon. I'm going to kind of just paraphrase um, some stuff I I did a study of Enos's experience. So I'm just going to kind of summarize, but it's mainly, you know, the things I'm going to be referring are obviously there's only one chapter in Enos, but verses two through eight. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, you know, in verse two, Enos starts out and he says, you know, he tells of his wrestle before God mm-hmm. that, that he has to receive rem- remission of his sins. Yeah. Um, so and I would, would say really quickly that that wrestle indicates 
a, des- a genuine desire. Right. And, and effort that he's, he's yeah. putting towards. Well, and the effort is, is only just a manifestation he, well, of he, his genuine desire. Well, he got down on his knees. That's what he did. Like, right. You know, but, yeah, but he did kind of go out and he was, he right. was talking with God for a, he said, a, long, for time. a long time. Right. I'm going to get to but, that. But, yeah. but, but my point is just that it would, it started with genuine desire. Sometimes we focus on all the work that needs to get done. Right. But the reason that the work gets done is because the desire is there. Right. So focus and on getting I, it. I don't think in that when he says wrestle, I don't think he means like he suffered and was and was in yeah. a lot of pain. He just um, means that this that is it, it was it was he sincerely wanted to receive an yeah. answer. And, and it may but I mean we can't necessarily say that with total certainty. It may right. have included a lot of pain. We don't right. really know but maybe maybe he was in pain before. Yeah. And that was something we talked about, you know, on the way over here mm-hmm. to start recording was we said you're going to have to help me here. But we said something like a lot of times we think that the the repentance is a painful and suffering thing, mm-hmm. but it's really suffering and you have suffering and pain before you if, repent. Right. So yeah. the suffering, yeah. it precedes true repentance. Once right. you repent. Right. And we'll, get we, and we'll get to, to that, that in, in the yeah. Alma the Younger story, yeah. you know, when yeah. you mention it. But so anyway, in verse three, it says that he let the word of God sink deep into his heart mm. was one mm. thing. So I thought that was a, an important key. He let it um, affect his desires. Right. Exactly. Verse four says his soul hungered. Mm-hmm. His desire. His desire there. He kneeled down before his maker. He cried unto God in mighty prayer and supplication for his own soul. Mm-hmm. He prayed all day long, even into the night. And then he also believed that his voice was able and did reach the heavens. That's, I mean, all I'm hearing here is his desire was changing, right? His right. Des- he had a strong desire to be like God and to connect with God and to change or to, you know, right. to receive a remission of sins is what he says, you know. Right. He had that strong desire too. Mm-hmm. And so that's what was motivating him to do all those things. Verse 5, um, a voice came unto Enos saying, Enos, thy sins are forgiven thee and thou shalt be blessed. Mm-hmm. Verse six, Enos knew that God could not lie, wherefore his guilt was swept away. I find that one to be really interesting because sometimes we're waiting for God to force us to stop feeling guilty mm-hmm. before we'll accept forgiveness, before we say, oh yeah, I've been forgiven. Right. But Enos says, God said, Enos, thy sins are forgiven thee, right? But Enos says, and I, ne- and I knew that God could not lie, therefore my guilt was swept away. So it, it's implying that his guilt wasn't swept away until he believed. Right. He had to believe it himself. Right. So it wasn't like that God came in and forced him to feel good. Because technically like, in that situation, he could have still tried to suffer through the repentance right. process. And I think we do that a lot. Right. We we keep, I've done that many times. I just, I will never forgive myself until I've suffered enough. Right. But I'll never suffer enough. Right. And, and I'm not paying for any of it anyway. Right? right, so it's just a rejection of the forgiveness and of the peace that could come if I would just accept the goodness of God, you know, accept that God cannot lie. He says, "As me, as often as my people repent, I will forgive them." Right. I need to accept that. If I repent in the sincerity of my heart, I really mean it, and I want to change, and I want to be like Him, and I'm trying to be good and do good, then I'm forgiven. You're forgiven. It's that simple. Right. You know, and and so with Enos's thing, I really like that part of that that. Verse, I knew that God could not lie, wherefore my guilt was swept away. I believed God when he said what he said. Right. And and therefore, because I believed it, my guilt was swept away. Right, right. Yeah. That's really cool. The last few um, verses in verse 7, it's Enos, after this all happens and his guilt swept away, you mm-hmm. know, he's, he asked the Lord, how is it done? Mm-hmm. 
And the Lord responds and he says, because of thy faith in Christ, whom thou mm-hmm. hast never before heard nor seen, wherefore go to thy faith hath made thee whole. Okay, so this story is awesome. I love it. Let's see. This is such a simplified version, um, um, example of of how to apply the gospel. Right. Right. Like, it, we don't know how long he was out there praying right. or whatever. Well, he says so all day all and all day night. Into the right? night. Yeah. Well, we don't know how many days or if it was one day or I, we don't know how long this was going on. But the point is what he was, tr- what he ended up uh, um, um, experiencing and, and accomplishing was that his, his desire was there. His desire was to connect with God and to be like him and to repent and be forgiven of his sins. And his belief was there. Right. And that was that was it. That was all he could do. And it happened quickly and it happened easily. Basically instantly. Yeah. In, in a sense, the second that he, you know, he was able to really connect with God and reach out. Yeah. You know, he said, your, your sins are forgiven thee. Right. And, and it, it, just, it didn't take him years to no, months to repent no. of all the things. I mean, he could have done a lot of bad things in his life. Right. And we don't know. Yeah. Right. But he just, it, it happened quickly and he's, and that's how we apply the, the atonement. That's we, how we apply the gospel in our lives is we, we have that desire to repent, to become like God and to be better and to, to, to be saved. And we, we have that desire and, and we believe, right? We believe that Jesus can and will and already has saved us and paid for our sins already. It's already done. And we believe that. And then we have a desire to make that real in our lives. Right. That's what faith and repentance are. Belief in Jesus and his power and his ability and his desire to save and a desire to apply that to our lives, to right. be changed and to allow ourselves to become what he wants us to become. It doesn't have to take a long time. It can happen very, very fast. Right. It just depends totally on our belief. One more thing before we move on to your story okay. that I found interesting about that story with Enos is the wording at that very last verse I just read where the Lord responds and says, because of thy faith in Christ, whom mm-hmm. thou hast never before, before heard nor seen, wherefore go to thy faith hath made thee whole. Mm-hmm. We hear that phrase, thy faith hath made thee whole, mm-hmm. many times in the New Testament when Jesus yeah. Christ heals someone physically. Yeah, And I never really kind of pictured it you know, he, Enos right here is not being healed from blindness or as yeah. a leper. He's being healed spiritually. Yeah. And and that wholeness is his spirit, spiritual wholeness. So, he is now perfect. Exactly. In, in, in God's but eyes, yeah. I just found that very interesting, like that that phrase, thy faith hath made thee whole. Yeah. Because we talked about that in the last episode with faith and and healing, mm-hmm. but it, it was it was kind of cool to see it in the in in a version with sin and with spiritual sickness. Well, one thing I've heard before, um, I think in an institute class, and I guess is I don't I'm not totally sure on this, but it was something that whenever he healed somebody and said, "Thy faith hath made thee whole," it meant spiritually too. Okay, and so it meant their sins were forgiven them as well as being healed. I mean, they had faith in him, right? <laughs> you know. That's all that's required for yeah. physical or spiritual healing is yeah. the faith, faith and, and, and that's desire why, to change. We'll see. Okay, so quickly, that's why it says, um, wherefore, whoso believeth in him um, would not perish but have everlasting life. And we think, well, we can't just say we believe. No, no, we can't just say we believe. Right. But if we actually believe to, uh, to a degree so intense that it... It's called faith. <laughs> that it's called faith. <laughs> right. That there's no doubt there or that there's very little doubt and we continue to increase in that belief, 
then that's that is enough because number one, our beliefs and uh, affect our desires, and our desires they they affect what we do. Right. So if we aren't doing good, then we don't really want to do good. Right. Or we don't believe we can. Right. And right? you're down and you're suffering yeah. through all of that. So that's why faith, the belief that we can, and the repentance, meaning the desire to do, are the two things that we need in order to change and, and become saved by Christ. Right. Right. Okay. So yeah, the, the other example was the Alma, the younger example. It's one of my favorite um, stories and probably many people's right. because he was so, he was really wicked before. Really, he said, um, wherefore, you know, that I had murdered many of his children or rather led them away onto destruction. I mean, right. he'd, he'd essentially thought he'd blamed himself for their spiritual destruction. Right. So he, he, I mean, he, he worse, had a lot of weight on his shoulders. Yeah, weight worse than, than just, uh, than, than killing people physically, but he felt like he had caused them to lose their spiritual lives as well. Right. And so he, yeah, he had a lot of, he says that he basically wanted the whole mountains to fall on him so that he could be lost and God couldn't see him and he wouldn't be able to find, you know, so the angel comes to him and, and he says he's harrowed up by the memory of, of it, of my many sins for three days and for three nights as I racked with the pains of eternal torment or something or the, with the pains of a damned soul. A harrow, by the way, is, is like a, a till, like a, um, it's used for, for farming. Uh-huh. And they t- it's like a big um, wooden contraption that has all these giant metal spikes sticking out of the bottom of it. Uh-huh. And you attach it to like a horse or whatever. And you drag it through, drag it through a field. Um, I learned that in the MTC. So it's it, he was describing how he felt his soul was being harrowed as mm-hmm. though it was just being this big heavy spiked thing was dragging over his soul. He felt so awful. Wow. But then... In verse, uh, I think, 18, he says something like, uh, I remembered to have heard my father prophesy of one um, Jesus Christ, a, a son of God who would come you know, into the world to atone for the sins of the world. And then he says, and now as my mind caught hold upon this thought, I cried within my heart, O Jesus, thou son of God, have mercy on me, who am in the gall of bitterness and am encircled about by the everlasting chains of death. And now when I thought this, I could remember my pains no more. Yea, I was harrowed up by the memory of my sins no more. And oh, what joy and what marvelous light I did behold. Yea, I was filled with um, joy as it was exceeding as was my pain. That wasn't a perfect quotation, but it was similar. Right. So, but the point is that he went from feeling harrowed and, and, and feeling absolutely just despair and miserable and feeling awful and, and, and terrible to the point where he couldn't even handle it. He went from that to feeling, yeah, um, my joy was exceeding. He felt even happier than he felt sad. Right. He felt even more joyful than he felt sorrowful. And how long did it take him? Okay, so it took him three days, right? So right. He'd, he suffered for, for three days and three nights. But it says, and now when I thought this, I could remember my pains no more. The moment that he cried within his heart, in sincerity, when he say when they repent in the sincerity of their heart, right. when he repented, meaning his desire changed. First of all, he gained a gained a, a a hope in Christ, meaning he gained a belief in Christ. He he remembered his father to have taught taught him about Jesus, 
that he would come and atone for the sins. And as soon as he thought that, he believed in it because, I mean, he was despairing and he needed help and he didn't have any other way. And so he, and he just said, okay, well, there's that, the Savior, and I need him and I believe in him in this moment. He believed in Jesus and he obviously had a desire to change. And his desire was motivated in the moment by a desire to escape the pain that he was feeling. Right. But he had a desire to be like Christ and to be righteous and be good. And so you you add those two things together. The moment he believed in Christ and called on him in faith, he could remember his pains no more. He received the relief. He received the relief. Did he? So now the question would be coming, and we can't really answer this exactly, but what if he had believed in Christ a couple days before? Right. Would he have been forgiven a couple days before? Would he have had to suffer for those three days? I don't know. Maybe. I don't, I don't know. But I think that kind of the point that these two stories illustrate, mm-hmm. and I'm sure there are others as well, mm-hmm. is that if it can clearly happen for basically instantly mm-hmm. for two other men, mm-hmm. you know, there's no nothing special about them per se. Right. They're In just, fact, they were very wicked. Right. Yeah. Or, or at least, at least now with the younger ones. Yeah. Then why can't it happen for me and you? It can, or, or for any of the listeners. It can that might be going through a hard time and struggling through, yeah, repentance, right. and the and repentance feeling like I can't do this. You know, I I testify that you can, and that yes. it can be instantly, yeah. and that if you cry out, you know, sincerity, of, sincerity your of your heart to call and upon I, Jesus. And when we say that in the sincerity of your heart, let, let me uh, tell you. Sometimes I think that we're that we're really hard on ourselves, and we like I might think. Yeah, I mean it, but I don't mean it enough. Or I don't mean, you know, like if you're genuine, if you mean it, right? Then you mean it, right? Like that's that's all that's asked of you. You can't be more than you are capable of being or doing at the time, at this time in your life. It's about your sincerity. It's about your change of heart. You really want it in your heart. You really want it. Then that's enough. Right. And and now and now believe that Jesus can and will and is willing and wants to and has already forgiven you believe that right desire it and believe it and that's the recipe for of faith and repentance i i've personally grown to understand that no matter what any of the listeners or whoever is mm-hmm. doing in their life mm-hmm. god is so ready to forgive you yes in fact i believe that i mean he's waiting for you to to repent but in a sense he's kind of already forgiven you it, you, it's already you, been paid it, for. Right. It's already it's already been paid for by the yeah. atonement. And he's so ready and willing to forgive you mm-hmm. that if you just repent, it's not like, okay, I'm going to fill out my repentance paper and yeah. submit it. Maybe I'll get accepted for lucky, repentance. Yeah. No, yeah. like you submit that paper for repentance. Yeah. You will get forgiven 100% of the time. Well, he said that as often as my people right. repent, will I forgive them? They're, they're so there's no question on whether or not you're going to receive the peace and receive the exceeding joy that exceeds the right. pain you're going through right now. There's no question on whether that's going to come. Well, it's going to come. Yeah, if you if you believe in it, right? right? And I think that that's kind of the point. Sometimes we don't experience that, and we talked about this before, because, but we don't experience that because we, we don't believe we can do it or we don't believe that he can forgive us. We're too bad. We've right. done too many bad things, and 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 uh, he doesn't love us. No, that so we don't feel his forgiveness. But like we said before, he's not going to force you to feel good, right? He's not going to force you to feel his spirit. You have to be willing to accept that. That's where that broken heart comes. That open heart, being willing to accept not just the the chastening or the you know or the the things that you might think are negative things, 
It means you have to also be willing to accept the good things, the happy things, the peaceful things. You have to be willing to accept his love, his forgiveness, his mercy, his grace. You have to be willing to accept those things too. And maybe more so than than the negative things. God is not a God of punishment, really. The things that we that we experience as punishment, I think, uh, just those are natural um, um, consequences of of our not repenting, um, of our not changing. You know, if I have suffered these things for all that they might not suffer if they would repent. It's simple. It's clear. If you will repent in the sincerity of your heart and you mean it, and you want to be good and you want to try, and you're genuinely trying. That's it. That's what he's asking for. He's not asking for something superhuman that you can't do. Right. He's already paid for. It. Even if you do repent, or even if you do suffer, even if you do struggle, or or you do good works or anything, you're still not paying for any portion of your salvation anyway. You you are you are simply receiving his atonement. You're applying his grace by your mental change and mental change and 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 emotional change you get a you, you gain a a compelling vision of what you can have and be and say i can be like jesus and i can be filled with happiness and joy and peace and i can be filled with the spirit all the time and that gives you a desire for that thing and that's what faith and repentance are right. a change in your mind and in your heart that's it right, right. And and so it's it's as simple as that. And and I think we complicate things sometimes. We well, I've got to go through all the motion, the, the steps. I've got to do the the the. I have to feel remorse. I have, I have to recognize that, that I did something wrong. I have to feel remorse. I have to repair and I have to reform and I, you know all the R's or whatever to make it this complicated. It doesn't have to be this complicated thing. It just means change. It just means changing your mind and your heart. Right. Believing in Jesus that He can. And that he will do what he says he can do. And that he already has done it. And that he it. already has done it. And that you don't need to wait a year for it or even any time at all. It's available this moment. And it just, re- all, all it requires is change. Right. A desire and a willingness to change, to be different. It's, it doesn't have to be that hard though. Right. It doesn't have to be that. It's such a blessing. It is a blessing. I'm very grateful for the opportunities I've had to repent in my life, and it's an yeah. ongoing thing. I continually get to uh, to repent and and change, and yeah, it's just it's a wonderful thing. And I've grown yeah. to understand it that way instead of a bad thing or a yeah. negative thing. It's an invitation to escape pain and suffering. So I and hope- an invitation to change and receive happiness and joy and peace. It's not a punishment. It's not. In fact, it, the, the, the call for repentance is, is a manifestation of God's love. If he didn't love you, he wouldn't even let you repent. Right. He wouldn't let you. Repentance is just change. That's it. And I, I hope that the things we've talked about today inspire hope yeah. in people yeah. to, to understand repentance better and yeah. to want to repent. And desire yeah. to to become more like yeah. our Savior Jesus Christ, and to feel like they can do it. Right, you can do it, and you can do it now. Right, you can do it in this moment, as as, much, as as quickly as you can believe in the power of Christ to change you. 
and believe that he's already done it and 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 give him your heart in 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 the way that you say i want to be better i want to be what you want me to be you know and you mean that and you believe that he can do it it's done it's done it's so fast and so easy right in that way yeah cuz i i just think that sometimes the misunderstanding of it there's this roadblock of like, hey, I want to change, mm-hmm. but you feel like there's a process you have to go through before right. you change. Right. And you have and, to check all the boxes, make sure you do every exact thing perfectly. Right. But the end goal in the whole thing is that you change to become a different person. Exactly. So if you can just change, however it that's what the Lord you, wants from you. Yeah. However it takes you to change. And that's why I think sometimes we get we, we can get a little off track when we get focused on the pain that needs to think that we need to have some kind of pain or suffer for some portion of it because that can hold us back all it really requires all he's asking for is change right a desire to change and a willingness to be different and a belief in him that he can change you sometimes i feel like when we condemn someone or criticize someone or say oh you need to change you're doing bad it's actually a little counterproductive right instead why don't we come to them and say you can change here's what you can be Look at all these other things you can do and be instead of focusing on saying you're bad for doing what you're doing, just saying, look at this, what you can have. Right. Look at all these one and inspire someone, inspire someone so that they want to change. That's way more effective than trying to condemn them or, 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 or criticize them right. for what they are doing wrong now. Right. You know, so don't do the same thing to yourself too, right? Don't exactly. criticize and condemn yourself. I'm so bad. I'm just get yourself to want to change. Right. That's all you really, that's all he's asking for. I think I have a, a quick story to share. Okay. It's I'm pulling it completely out of the gospel sense for, for mm-hmm. a moment. I have a friend that isn't even, a you know, a, an active member of the church mm-hmm. uh, lives a yeah. different lifestyle, which is totally fine and respect. And yeah, he, he's a great guy. He did a lot of different things in his life growing up and, mm-hmm. you know, got involved in some drugs and yeah. and got involved in a lot of drinking or I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. know all the things he was involved in. I don't know like all the details, but yeah. just involved in a lot of different things that when now, uh, when I was able to sit down and chat with him a little while ago, he's now married mm-hmm. and has a baby girl mm-hmm. um, and he's as happy as can be. And I'm happy for him. He's, yeah. he's awesome. He's a, he's a great example to me. He's a good guy. It was fun to catch up with him and, and just, when he was kind of telling me his story, he was saying, you know, he came to a point in his life that he was done kind of doing those things. He was ready yeah. to like settle down and and have a family and to change some of those things that he was doing that weren't healthy for his for his life and, yeah. and for the life he wanted to have. Yeah. And so in a sense, he kind of repented. Yeah. Not in a not in like, oh, I repented because I felt godly sorrow per se right. or anything, but he wanted to change right. who he was because it wasn't where he wanted to be. And he had a, a change in his heart because he wanted to desire he desired something different. Right. He desired, I don't want this life, I want a different life. That's repentance. Right. He didn't call on Jesus and and you know Dude, I mean, do it that he, way. he is somewhat spiritual, so I'm yeah. sure there was some um, spiritual some higher power higher that he power, was that exactly. he was trying to to call on. And right, I mean, he may not have done it in the way that we that we often learn about in the church or in the gospel, right? Uh, in any other way, but he, that is the change, the process. That is the repentance process, a desire to change, and, and a belief that, that you can, can do it. Right, and we should have that belief that we can do it because of Jesus. Right, right. We can change from anything because of Him. Right, anything quickly so yeah great story because 
it just illustrates it doesn't have to be so overwhelming or so complicated or so like, oh, this is so hard. It's not. Right. Just I mean, if a, if a person that is not necessarily even relying on Jesus per se can change, yeah. you can too because you have Jesus with you too to help you. Yeah. It means you can change so fast. Right. Because you have that incredible power behind you. Yeah. Great, great example. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, did yeah. you have anything else? No, then? I think that's pretty much it. I think that we covered everything we wanted to say and... I just really do hope that it helped somebody to kind of see repentance in a different light right. and that made it feel like it was so much more accessible and so much easier to do. And I don't mean to to, to um, downplay the negativity of sin or saying that, oh, it's no big deal. You can just repent later. Repent later. That's right. not what I mean. If you're thinking that, then you're not in a repentant attitude anyway. You're not, right? you're like, not getting the message that we're trying to say. You're not getting the point of, of right. the gospel anyway. Um, I think sometimes that's a fear of of certain leaders in in the church sometimes, but I don't think it needs to be a fear because it really is just about trying to to get change and trying to help people to have a desire to change and a belief that they can. Right. So, and just yeah. with the scriptures and stories that we've shared, just yeah. right from the scriptures, you know, it, it proves that it can happen it instantly, can, and it, yeah. it doesn't have to be this huge, long, drawn yeah. out, painful process. Right. This is between you and God. You make that change happen with yeah. the help of our Savior Jesus Christ, and that's the goal. That's, that's it. that. That's what needs to happen through that belief, that desire, you know, and you know, the yeah. faith and repentance. That's how you do it. Right. You know, that's how you make that happen. So, right. Yeah. Um, before we wrap up, I mm. wanted to quickly share. Um, I didn't do a shout out at the first. I can mm. do it at the end, but we got a message from. Ryan, he sent us a message. He says that he listens to the podcast while he's at work, actually, mm. and just kind of listens um, cool. to it there. Um, he says he doesn't uh, always have the greatest working environment, and yeah. So he loves just popping in his headphones and listening as he as he works. That's and so great. Yeah. That, that's cool, and we appreciate that uh, message, Ryan, for yeah. sending that to us. And I was also going to read really quick our most recent um, review on iTunes, Brooklyn J on iTunes said, uh, just stumbled on this podcast and I've loved it. I really hope they do more of them. I can't emphasize how much I appreciate the topics and how genuine these guys are. Hmm. So thanks, Brooklyn. We really cool, appreciate yeah. that. And Yeah, thank you. If uh, any of our other listeners uh, want to shoot us a message um, or write us a review on iTunes, that would be great to yeah. uh, have some few more reviews on iTunes so that people can hear from from you guys what, what you think about our podcast so they can choose whether they want to listen to it or not. So. Yeah. Hope you've enjoyed it and we've enjoyed chatting about repentance and yeah. we're excited for more podcast episodes coming up. That's right. Uh, see you later. <laughs>